To another episode of the Sex Masters Podcast. You know, this is my third time actually trying to record the intro to this show. I, I just can't get it right. I mean, I want to say, hey, I'm sorry I haven't recorded in a couple of weeks. And then I'll explain that I've been spending a lot of time paying attention to politics and all of that. But this isn't a politics show. So, you know, that kind of disrupts the flow. And then I start talking a little bit about the holidays that are coming up. Now, the holidays is relevant because that adds a whole bunch of stress to our lives. You know, it's the most stressful time of the year. And then during this year, you're going to have still the whole coronavirus, you know, so are you going to still be able to make the time magical for your kids? If you're, you know, married with kids, are you single and are you going to be spending the time alone? Can you do something via Skype, something uh, over the portal? You know, it, it is a very stressful time. And if you take a look at, you know, politics and the holidays, well, you know, it can all get interfere with your relationship. And so you got to make sure that you are doing everything that you can in order to safeguard your relationship. So all these things don't ruin, you know, the intimacy in your relationship, your mood and, you know, ruining uh, this magical time of the year. Now, there are some people out there, though, that are going to be spending this holiday alone. And it's because of their own damn attitude. So, I've never really understood this whole, you know, trend of women going out there and bashing men. You know, it seems like it's more of a desperate plea of, you know, they're so lonely, but they don't want, you know, it to be them or their fault, you know, that it's not their personality or whatever driving men away. And so they come out and say, all men are trash. And then they wonder why they can't find a good man. They wonder why it is that they're spending the holidays alone yet again. You know, if you feel so compelled as to go out there and try and say, you know, all people of a certain gender or something is trash, that's more, well, that's more enlightening about the type of person you are. So this person, you know, uh, I, if this was a video show, it'd be a lot easier to go through and just show you the video, but let me put this up. So this girl uh, is going out there, you know, or some women are going out there. And they're just saying, all men are trash. And they try to go, but it's not me. You know, I know it's not me because my friends, my girlfriends are also having problems with men. We have different hair colors. We have, you know, uh, different body types. And, you know, we even live in certain uh, different areas now. And we're all having problems keeping a man in our lives. So we know it's not us. It's just the men are trash. I got a, a newsflash for you. It's not that all men are trash. First of all, you posting that video lets us know that it's you. I, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, point that out here. And I just want to go off and say, just because your friends are having problems in relationships too, doesn't mean the problem is the other gender. You know, just like if you and your girlfriends are having problems with their husbands, it doesn't mean that the problem is the husbands. Sometimes it could be, you know, I'm not going to discount the idea that men can you know, sometimes be problematic, just like women, just like every other member of the human race. But in this particular example, I just want to go off and point out 
to women who are going out there trying to post these videos that all men are trash. Just because your friends also have the same problem doesn't mean it's the other people. See, you are the average of the five people. And I want to make sure you understand this, you know, because this is what, you know, entrepreneurs and people who talk about success and podcasts will point out all the time. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So if the five people that you spend the most time with are all toxic personalities, guess what? You're going to be a toxic person yourself. And it's not just them talking about how they're having problems. It's them complaining about men. Hey, you know what? You men need to make the plan. You men need to be deliberate. It's basically saying, I am so hot and so beautiful. You should be falling over yourself to try and please me. But yet the problem is the men and that men have to do all of the planning in the relationship, planning for the date, planning for what you're going to do on a particular night. And we need to make sure that we plan weeks in advance. Don't just send that text message earlier that day going, hey, what are you doing tonight? It's not enough that you think about us. You got to think about us in terms of what you want to do several days later. I mean, this is how they were posting these videos. And it's like, get over yourself. The problem with women like this, you know, who want to go through and post these videos and then try and say, you men, you can't just text and ask us, what we're doing later on that day as if we can just drop everything. Well, it's just a question. What are you doing? You know, I I feel like hanging out. I want to spend some time with you. I thought I'd check to see if you were free tonight. The thing, thing is, you shouldn't get mad if the guy is asking you if you're busy because he's thinking of you, wants to spend time with you, and you're going to go off and complain about that and then claim it's all men who are trash? Really? Men need to do all the planning. Really? I'm not sure if you noticed this, but men are not very good at details, at least not in most aspects of our lives. We have one area of our life where we can be very detailed oriented. You know, you go off and, you know, you want to talk about business planning. Well, yeah, we are very detailed oriented because we're basically connecting the dots here. We're basically seeing a puzzle and, you know, a problem and we're trying to find a solution. Date night is not a problem to be solved. Date night is just date night. You know, guys, you know, I, I, I know, you know, we may put a lot of details and planning into business, but that's because there is a, a, an objective with a time limit on there. In a relationship, the date night, the objective is just to have fun. But what we find fun and what you find fun, if you don't communicate, um, we don't know what you want. I mean, heck, we'll ask you where you want to go to eat. And you'll say, I don't know. So, you know, this whole men need to do all the planning. No, you both need to do the planning if you want it to be a serious relationship. So, you know, this whole men are trash that they're trying to go off. It's more like them just saying to the world, I'm so beautiful. I'm a princess. You should worship me and just, you know, fall all over yourself to just try and impress me. Meanwhile, I'm willing to bet she's dead wood, dead wood. You've heard that term if you've listened to this podcast. You know, Deadwood is just basically, you know, during sex, she's just basically a warm corpse, you know, (laughs) that she doesn't do anything. She doesn't move. She doesn't, you know, interact. She just lies there and just absorbs all of the feeling, but doesn't do anything back. I mean, seriously, this whole, you know, conceitedness of this type of personality just annoys the hell out of me. 
because they are in, they they lack any and all self-awareness. And because they lack any and all self-awareness, every problem is someone else's fault. Every problem has to be exterior to them because they are perfect. Now, maybe you are having a string of guys who aren't necessarily the best guys in the world, but then you have to go off and think, you chose them. You chose to go on a date with that person. You know, so while that person themselves may not be the best person, you got to start asking, why are you attracted to a ty- that type of personality? Why are you going off and always accepting dates with people that you think are just trash? So even there, the problem in large part is you having bad judgment. So yeah, I mean, I, I just go off and I look at this as just another self-absorbed princess that thinks the world revolves around them and anybody whose world doesn't revolve all around them are somehow toxic trash. Now, things are different when you're actually married because your world does revolve around each other. But women, even in, when you're married, you know, the relationship is, goes both ways. It's not just the man supposed to worship you, beg you for sex and, you know, go off and always just trying to impress you. It's you, you know, trying to do the same thing back. It's you two working together on a lot of things, you know, on your goals and you two trying to, you know, work on maintaining the relationship together. You know, women, you're trying to please and serve your man. Men, you're trying to please and serve your wife. You know, it it goes both ways here. You know, the one person in the relationship that thinks everything is about them they're the toxic person. They're the person that is damaging to the relationship. They're the ones who need a reality check. I guess if I were to put this as a metaphor, your relationship is like a garden, right? When you first go out on a date, you know, you ask one of you asks the other out and you accept it. That's planting the seed. And then you go through, you know, the first couple of dates and that's the garden starting to grow. But if you do not maintain it, what's going to happen? Weeds are going to grow in. The garden, you know, is going to die a little bit, so, you know, of what you planted is going to die a little bit. And the next thing you know, it is a big, huge mess and you don't even recognize it for what it is. But if you maintain it, you know, keeping the weeds trimmed, keeping the flower beds or the gardening uh, bed, you know, all nice and, you know, free of, you know, what you don't want in there you know, the garden continues to be beautiful. It continues to nourish. It continues to work very well. And this is why when we talk about relationships, we want to be talking about maintenance of your relationship, not trying to fix your relationship. Because if you're at a situation where you're thinking, man, I need to fix my relationship, it means you broke the relationship. The relationship is broken. You know, to fix something means that it's broken. To maintain something is to take something that is still working and just keep it working in good order. So you understand the difference between maintenance and fixing something. And if you are having relationship problems, whether you're the type of person who's whining, oh, woe is me, why is everybody else so horrible? You know, they should be treating me so good to you're in a relationship and you're saying, no man, everything's broken. I need to try and fix this. Well, at least half the problem is you. How did you let things get so bad? You know, whether that be your personality becomes so toxic because it doesn't matter how you look. Heck, it doesn't even matter if you are awesome in bed. If you have a toxic personality, you're only a one-nighter, right? Guys, I mean, we may be willing to put up uh, with a lot in order to 
you know, <laughs> have sex, but we're not willing to make it a, a long-term thing. We're going to find someone who's a little bit uh, less toxic in our life, who makes us happy instead of miserable. Right? So you got to understand that. And if you're at the situation where you're saying, man, I need to fix my relationship, well, then the question has to be asked, why did you let your relationship tank so bad? I mean, did you just wait until it was already broken before you decided that, hey, let's try and change something? Hey, let's have a conversation. Don't wait for that. Don't wait until it's, you know, don't wait until you're broken down on the side of the road to take the vehicle in for its regularly scheduled maintenance. You know, you don't want to wait until you're broken down. You want to get that tune up. You know, I know I'm mixing metaphors here between cars and gardens, you know, maintenance versus repairs. But, you know, I'm trying to explain this in a couple of different ways in order for you to ensure that you get it. And, you know, with people having the ability to change, you know, let's say, you know, you said, yeah, my guy, he was so great when we first met. But now, you know, he, he's grumpy, he's moody, he's, you know, just not that great, you know, anymore. I just feel like the relationship is dying. Well, you know what? Some of that could be you. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say that it's always your fault, but I'm just trying to point some things out here. And I guess this episode is kind of clouded by, you know, some of the videos of women who want to go out and trash men. But I want to say half the problem was you. If you went through a period of time where you were always stressed, you know, you were you know, moody all the time and you snapped. Well, guess what? Your man got used to you being that way. And his coping mechanism was to avoid you. Just like if the situation was your man was under a lot of stress for a long period of time, was moody, was hardly able to get any sleep, had no sex drive. You probably spent some time trying to avoid him because you couldn't take how he was acting, even though he was acting under stress. Same thing, you know, either way. Well, then the stress goes away. And what do you realize? Oh, yes, because you already changed your behavior, it gets hard to change your behaviors back. And so therefore you got to work on it. Now, imagine if instead of, you know, the path of least resistance, where you just try to avoid each other when you're crabby, moody, and under a lot of stress, you went through to you know, double down on being there for each other, maintenance, you know, ma trying to help him relieve stress, you know, whether that's, you know, sexually or non-sexually, you know, a back massage goes a long ways to relieving a lot of stress. Uh, so does a blowjob. But either way, you know, what were you doing? Were you stepping up to the plate to be that rock, to be there to help maintain the relationship? Or did you just crawl into a corner and avoid uh, the situation and just hope it gone, goes away? And long and behold, you created new habits. Now you're finding it hard to get back into the relationship. You know, th there's a lot of ways. Either, you know, you're been dating for, you know, your entire, uh, you know, adult life, but never found the one. And for some reason, they're always leaving you. That's a clue. Or, you know, where things going great. And then you notice you went through a rough patch and now you're having troubles getting back together, you know, getting back on the same page. Well, that's a clue. You know, people tend to react to each other based off of the behaviors. Remember, it's that golden rule, treat other people the way you want to be treated. Well, when you're crabby, moody, and all of that, you're kind of teaching, you know, your partner how you want to be treated, which is 
left alone. And they're going to oblige if all you're going to do is chew them out. But, you know, you, you got to, you know, make sure that you work hard on maintaining the relationship, not just waiting for it to break and then hope that you can rebuild it and fix it. I want to put a note up here before we get into the next segment that I am going to be generalizing quite a bit. So this is not necessarily an issue that will affect all of you, but I'm going to be generalizing about women quite a bit here. And the generalization is you women out there, a lot of you got your entire sex life ass backward. Now, I don't know if this is the result of the culture, you know, cultural influences. I don't know if it was a result of you didn't respect yourself while you were single and now you're overcorrecting or some of the things that you did while you were single, you know, has damaged you in some sort of way. I don't understand, but you got your sex life ass backwards when you were young and partying all the time, you know, as a teenager in the early twenties, before you got married, you know, what happened? You went out, you partied, you got drunk and you had lots of sex with a bunch of random people. You basically treated yourself like the town bike. Everybody got a ride, but then you got married and all of a sudden you became a prude. You got married and all of a sudden sex is something that happens on rare occurrences that, the, that your husband has to earn. It didn't matter that nobody had to earn a ride when you were single and drunk, but now that you're married, it has to be earned. You got this backwards. You got it backwards. It's when you're single. That's when the guys are supposed to have to impress you in order to engage in sex. You know, that guys have to go out and do the whole song and dance of a date, you know, going out there, movie, dinner, dancing, going out and just doing something or a picnic. And then you have to decide whether or not what he's done has earned him the right to be able to have sex with you, whether or not you actually are in the mood for it. You should be picky when you are single. And then when you're married, then you're supposed to be easy. You know, but you got to ask backwards. When you're single, you're young, partying, drunk, you're the town bike. And then you get married and all of a sudden, next to nothing, it's all cut off. So I don't know whether it's just one of those guilt things where you feel really bad about all the things you did while you were young and drunk. And you probably felt liberated at the time because you were in your late teens, early 20s you know, birth control. So you didn't have to worry about pregnancy. You were just, you know, at the beginning of your sexual activity and you wanted to explore everything. The culture was saying that it was okay for you to sleep around and all of that. And really you didn't quite value yourself. You didn't see uh, yourself valuable enough for the guy to have to try and earn it, you know, through a stable relationship, through, you know, a, a proper date. You're going, well, I have a job. I have my own money. You know, sex is just something that's done for fun. You know, just because my body, you know, is telling me to, I like to party, get drunk. And the next thing you know, you're waking up nude in the bed of somebody and you're going, who the hell is that? And yet the same culture that promotes that while you're single promotes the idea that once you're married, sex is almost non-existent. Your husband has to earn it you know, by doing what you say, or he's going to end up sleeping on the couch and no touch. This is completely backward. Now, if you're just going off and getting drunk and accepting any old guy who comes your way as you're looking at them with beer goggles, and you're just accepting sex with just about anybody while you're single, I'd say you didn't value yourself. I would say that you had no standards, that you didn't think that you were worth any effort 
while you were single. And then you are overcompensating now that you're married and trying to build up your value and making your husband earn it, who you are making pretty much get on their hands and knees and beg you to just say yes, to have to fight you almost in order to get a little bit of touch. And if that is the case in your household, you are backwards. You're supposed to be hard to get while you're single. And then you're supposed to be as easy as it can be once you're married. And I don't know, maybe it's because once you're married and you know that you're probably expected at some point to start having kids and raise a family, that you start sobering up. And as you sober up, all the memories of everything you did while you were young, dumb, and drunk comes flooding back and all of a sudden you're very much ashamed of yourself. And now you have this psychological issue when it comes to sex, you know, because every time you start engaging intimately with now your husband, which you are in, uh, have been with for probably some time now, you know, just getting through dating to the engagement to the altar should take a little bit of time here, you know, and usually, you know, more than six months. And so now that you're, you know, sobering up, you're taking a look and you're starting to remember all the things that you did. And you feel ashamed, you feel disgusted, you probably, you know, have done some things that you hope your husband never finds out about. And so you feel the need to kind of hide and conceal it and repress your sexuality just because of all the psychological issues you have from all the things that you did when you thought that's what you're supposed to do. And you weren't looking for Mr. Right, you were just looking for Mr. You know, right now. They got the most convenient guy who was fun. And I get this now that, you know, the culture is what it is. They try preaching uh, to women all the time that they should be just like men, just like men, just go around and sleep with anything with two legs. I mean, I, I get that's the joke when it comes to guys, you know, if it has two legs and a vagina, boom, they'll stick their dick in it, you know, but the truth is we do have some standards. I mean, we're not just going to sleep with anybody. There has to be some sexual appeal. Now, maybe if we're drunk, and I get that guys tend to have more, you know, views of being able to sleep around while they are single, but that's because I believe uh, it's more of an issue where we don't have to deal with the consequences or, you know, we don't, we're not the ones that are going to carry a baby for the next nine months afterward. But it's also that men and women are different. Men take a look at women and yes, we do sexually objectify women. The first thing that catches our attention to most women is their looks, you know, and the idea that, yes, I want to sleep with her. But for women, and this is something that has been developed over centuries just because of how culture used to be, you know, when women were generally the homemaker, they didn't go out and get jobs. And I get it. Third wave feminists are going to go, go out there and argue that it's because, you know, the culture around the world was sexist and oppressive. Not at all. That wasn't actually the reason why women were generally the homemakers. You know, one, somebody needed to stay home and raise the kids and also educate the kids uh, during their initial years when they were too young to actually be able to do anything or help out. Two, the main reason why women were the homemakers was because of the types of jobs available. There wasn't office jobs, right? There wasn't this you know, go to work, sit in a cubicle and type away at a computer for most of human history. You know, that's only been something that's been relevant in the past, you know, century. You know, even the idea of going off and before computers, you know, secretarial work and all of that, 
wasn't available, you know, you know, over a hundred years ago. In fact, the only jobs that were available were hard manual labor. And due to the difference between men and women, uh, mostly the physical strength and muscle mass, uh, women were not actually capable of doing a lot of that work, such as, you know, uh, plowing the fields or, you know, engaging in blacksmithing and all of that. So the women just didn't have the physical strength to be able to do so, and especially not for a long period of time. Now, fast forward, well, now we do have all these office jobs and, you know, instead of working with our muscles and breaking our backs, it is more of just sit in a cubicle and work on a computer. Therefore, men and women are equal in the workforce. But you got to understand the difference there. And plus, women have more of this emotional connection with their kids, probably because you carry them around for nine months and push them out in order to give life to them. You have more of a connection to your kids than men do. So there was more of that natural tendency to want to stay home, to raise the kid, to be the first teacher and to be the one to uh, primarily develop in the education because you had that stronger attachment. And so while men were going out breaking their backs because they were the ones with the physical strength, women tended to stay home and be the homemaker. And the whole, you know, industrial revolution, or I should say the computer revolution changed all of that. And so there was this great push for women to become just like men, you know, to go out, you know, get jobs, become financially, you know, um, stable, you know, become just as much of a breadwinner as their husbands. And as that happened, and as the birth control revolution happened, there kept being this push, be like men, be like men, which means just sleep around with everything. You know, be the town bike. Let everyone have a ride, right? And then you flip that to when you get married. Now the culture is saying, oh, you know, marriage is like a war. Marriage is like a fight. You got to make him earn that. He's got to do the dishes before you spread your legs or something like that. And it's completely ass backwards when you're thinking about your life like that, especially your sex life. And so, yeah, these psychological changes that have happened as we have become equal in the workforce has caused women in a lot of cases to place no real value on themselves. And I get it. In the previous segment, I talked about women who were so full of themselves as to claim that all men are trash because... Well, they wouldn't do everything that the women wanted them to do. And that gets to another issue where, yes, maybe you do have high standards when you're single, and then you maintain that once you're married. Whether you're you know, a complete prude that says every guy needs to earn it or you're the town bike when you're single, the point is once you're married, you're supposed to be easy. The guy isn't supposed to have to fight, argue, beg, and keep trying to impress you every single day. Just like you're not supposed to have to work hard at impressing him every day for the rest of your life. Because that would be unfair, wouldn't it? I mean, think about this. If a guy came out and decided that, okay, now that you're married, now that you've had a kid, you're supposed to uh, maintain the body that you used to have when you first got married before your first child. Well, that would be unreasonable. But if he went off there and said, you know, that's how you show respect to me. That's how you show love to me. That's how you worship me so that I will worship you. Well, that'd be unreasonable, especially after you have the second kid and maybe you have a third kid. Some of you are crazy enough to have four kids, 
All right. So, I mean, just think about how unreasonable that would be. Now, for guys, you know, let's translate that. Guys, when they're young, tend to be in the best physical shape of their lives. Then they graduate college, you know, uh, they get a career, and then they get married. And what happens? They end up spending more and more time just sitting uh, behind a desk or in a cubicle, not really getting any exercise, working, you know, 40 to 70 hours a week, you know, depending on the guy. And then they come home, they get a good home-cooked meal because some of you women at least still know how to cook. Uh, There's a lot of women who don't, sad. But in any event, so guys don't get a lot of exercise. So one of the drawbacks of the cultural changes in our jobs is that guys have tend to get a lot of spare tires around the gut uh, once they start getting into their 30s and 40s. Why? Because they're not very active. You know, they get up, they go to work, they come home, they eat and go to sleep. That's it. And the and for the vast majority of their life, they are sitting in front of a computer. Now, it would be un just as unfair for that guy, for you to expect that guy to maintain the physical fitness that he had between the ages of 16 and 25 for the rest of his life, just like it would be unfair for him to expect you to maintain that figure that you had before kids. Right? So you got to start thinking about this, you know, that, you know, you, that as time goes on, yes, looks do deteriorate. I understand that, but you are not supposed to be picky when you're married and loose as hell while you're single. It's backwards. And if you are living your sexual life backwards, it's probably because you don't value yourself. You're not living life based off of what you believe. You're just trying to fulfill someone else's expectations. And you got to think about that. Your entire life, from your sex life to your career, are you fulfilling the life that you generally want to live that is natural to you and how you feel? Or are you just trying to live up to society's standards, society's expectations? of what a modern woman should be. You know, speaking of the idea of the modern woman, I've never understood this. The modern woman. Why do women want to be the way they are today? I mean, maybe this is just me thinking about this from a guy's perspective, but I never really quite understood the whole third wave feminism. Women leaving the household to go to work, spending their life trying to accumulate wealth, you know, now, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a misogynist here. I'm not trying to be like, oh, women should be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. You know, that's not, you know, my point here, but think about this third wave feminism convinced women that they should give up basically a life of leisure and being retired from the moment they got married to spending the rest of their life slaving away inside of corporate America, working, you know, 40 to 70 hours a week, most of them in a job they don't really like, surrounded by bosses they can barely tolerate. Now, I don't mind women going into the workforce. In fact, I'd say let's go ahead and flip the script a little bit. You know, women, you got to stay home and be uh, the homemakers, you know, just kind of keep the house tidy and, you know, keep, uh, you know, the kids, you know, in line, you know, and for most of that, for most of that day, the kids were off at school. Once they started getting into preschool, you know, what was the issue? You spent most of the day with at home. The kids were at school for, you know, seven, eight hours a day. 
You got to just lounge around with your gal pals, you know, talk, have some drinks, games, uh, go, you know, shopping, you know, do whatever you want. You know, you just, if you, you know, maintain the house, you only had to do very little each day to keep the house maintained. And then all in all, you know, most days you only had to put in about, I don't know, an hour's worth of work, maybe an hour and a half worth of work during a day. And you were complaining about that. And now you gave up all of that, staying home, just being able to talk with the girls, you know, shipping, uh, sipping Chardonnay, going shopping or playing games and gave up, you know, an hour and a half long workday in order to go slave away for 60, 70 hours a week in corporate America. That's third wave feminism. That that's what you gave up. You know, I wouldn't mind women taking over, you know, women, Feel free to take over and let us men spend the next few centuries, you know, being home, uh, being the home, uh, stay at home spouse. You know, we'll sit around all day, pick up, you know, very little, you know, once we get the house organized, it won't take much uh, to keep it cleaned if we just engage in a little cleaning every other day. And then we'll stay home all day while the kids are at school and we'll just hang out with our friends, go play basketball, you know, uh, do a little drinking and sure, we'll learn how to cook. You know, you slave away in corporate America for 70 hours a week, and we'll just stay home and rest and relax and spend our life in complete retirement. Hey, I'm all for the third wave feminism, but I never understood the idea of giving up, you know, full retirement, essentially, in order to slave away at something that makes you miserable. Now, some of you, yes, you have careers that you may actually like. Good for you. But you know what? If you were to have kept that up to today, what would you be doing? All right, what would you be doing if you were still mostly the stay-at-home uh, spouse? Well, you could be working on a blog to make money. You know, your husband's slaving away for 60, 70 hours a week. You could just be writing a blog and make, and start making a lot of money that way. And then you could, could become the breadwinner and you both stay home. You could be doing a podcast like this. You could do YouTube. You could write books. You had the free time to pursue whatever passion you had, right? You had the ability and the time to pursue that. And in today's world, you have, you know, it would be very easy. You could write books, self-publish it on Amazon. I mean, you you gave up all that free time to fit what other people thought should di- should be the goals of your life? Are, are, that seems crazy. Now, again, I am generalizing. I'm sure there's a lot of women out there that are very happy to slave away in corporate America for someone else telling them what to do every second of the day. I'm sure, you know, maybe you're working in your passion, but I'm sure a lot of you are probably listening to this and going, hey, wait a minute. I, I don't like that. Now, of course, I get it. You know, uh, there's uh, a situation where some of you, you both have to work because neither one of you is making enough money in order for you to be able to stay home. I mean, I get that there are surrounding situations, but I'm just talking about the culture, the cultural changes. And then what effect does that had on your sex life? I mean, think about this, you know, back when all the work was manual labor, what was sex life? Women were able to relax and be comfortable all day. And when their husband got home, you know, they were already relaxed. They weren't bringing home baggage from work. They weren't, you know, stressed out, mad or, you know, all of that. They, you know, got to spend a lot of the, their day le- uh, leisurely around the house. Their husband would get home, take a shower. And then you would uh, have sex with your husbands. Why? Well, because you needed to relieve his stress. You needed to make him happy. 
you needed to go off and let them know how much you appreciate them. Now, you know, in addition to having your sex life asked backwards, now part of what's killing your sex life is all the stress of living a life that is not really what you dream of living. You know, men and women generally are different in so many respects, you know, between uh, how deep the bonds are with their kids, you know, what their goals in life are. Women determine the value of their life mostly by the relationships they have. Men tend to value their worth by how much they can accumulate. But it's when we go through and we disregard our own natural instincts, our own natural you know, tendencies and desires that things get all messed up. They do. I mean, you could go through and take a look at the survey year over year between women uh, starting back in the 1950s and today. And based off of that study that's been going on for decades, women are far more miserable today than they were in 1950s as more women have, you know, dedicated towards, you know, trying to make it in corporate America. As they've gone for that, they've become more and more miserable. It's not bringing them any happiness. And that is translating into the sex life. But hey, I'm all for it. If women want to be the ones to be the breadwinners and guys get to stay home, you know, flip the exact uh, reverse of how it's been for the last 3,000 years, you know, um, just for like a century or two. Okay, I'd be for that. Now, for the women listening to this, I don't know if you're getting angry because uh, you hear this and you're like, God damn it, he's right. Oops, sorry, I, I sweared, but you know, I'll let that one stay in there. You're going, damn it, he's right, and I am miserable about it. Or maybe you're like, well, I'm the exception. How dare you? Well, shoot, I should be saying right about now that if you've been listening to me since episode one until now, you should obviously have a thick skin. You know, you should obviously not really be offended by any of the things I say. And hopefully you find me very entertaining. Hopefully you've implemented a lot of uh, what I've talked about over uh, the course of this podcast, and you've seen the big benefits in your relationship. But think about this. Take a look at your life right now. Take a look at your career. Are you actually happy with your career? Are you happy getting up and going to work? Are you even able to get a career where you do something you even enjoy? Or are you like everybody else, Monday morning comes along and you're depressed, you're sad. You keep thinking about, man, I just want to call in sick, but I don't have enough PTO. I am so miserable. Is that your life? And then ask yourself, well, what if you got to stay home all day? You know, What if you stayed home while the kids were at school? And yeah, let's say you did a little bit of cleaning, you know, just like maybe one room, and a particular day maybe takes you about 30 minutes, and then it takes you about an hour in order to cook supper. Well, that's an hour and a half of work a day. Wouldn't that be a lot better than what you're doing now? I'm just asking the question because as I look at how miserable women are and how women have been so dedicated to giving up a life of retirement in order to be surrounded by you know a boss that you claim is a complete asshole and an idiot, working away in a job that makes you miserable? Was that really a smart move? And then as you take a look at that, maybe you go back and take a look at how you reacted or how you lived your life when you were single and drank all the time and you were sleeping around like you were the town bike. You know, was that really you living the life that, you know, based off of what was natural to you and how you felt like you wanted your life to go? Or was even then you were trying to just live up to society? 
you know, cultural changes, expectations, what some people are saying is feminism. How did that work out for you? Are you happy now that you're married and now you've gone from, you know, being easy to being hard? Are you being sexually fulfilled by that? Making your husband have to work for it every single time, basically beg for it? Is that making you happy? All of this gets around to the question of whether or not, you know, how you're living life right now is actually true to the person you are, is actually true to the life that you really desire. And if you're not actually living that life, you got to be asking yourself these questions. You got to be examining whether or not you're living your life or if you're letting other people dictate your life to you. Okay, so maybe that is a little bit more deeper than I usually get into, but as you know from having listened to this podcast for so long, you want, you kind of understand how the show goes, right? I go off there uh, on a rant, and I'll start trying to go off and say some things that are pretty provocative, designed to really start getting your you know, blood boiling, especially if you're a woman listening to the show, even though this show is designed to give you advice, you've probably picked up on that where I start off at least each segment or at least each show trying to say something to kind of get you angry a little bit to kind of get your blood boiling or maybe just laughing a little bit. But a lot of times I say something that, you know, may be considered offensive to women and then boom, I hit a point. Boom. So yes, I'm trying to provoke that emotion, but it's basically setting you up to get to what the main point is, such as this segment about women in the workforce. Why are you in the workforce? Why do you even want to be in the workforce? All of that to get to the point of, are you actually living the life you want to live? Or are you living the life based off of other people's expectations? And are you actually happy about it? Are you actually happy to get up and go to work? Or would you have rather have been able to stay home and live a life of leisure? I mean, I understand that you were probably getting angry for the vast majority of the segment, but hopefully that question and asking how that is affecting you, not living life true to yourself, how that's affecting you in your marriage, your sex life, and your overall happiness, hopefully that got to you and got you really thinking about it. Now, now I would set this up a little bit differently if the show was designed to be directed at men. But I hope you've caught on to that, how I go off, I'll say something provocative, maybe designed to get you all angry and riled up, and then hit you with that point. You know, because after all, this show is specifically designed, and you can go back to episode one, to give the advice to women on what they can do to take that first initial step to improving their relationship. But it's also about getting you to take that initial step to examine your life and how you're living it versus how you wish you could live it. Okay, so that's it uh, for this episode. Oh, if you thought this episode was good, wait until next week's episode. Even the title, the title of that episode, which I've already worked out, the title of that episode is going to automatically trigger some of you. (laughs) You know? uh, I'm not, I'm just preparing you right now. Okay. So when you see the title of next week's episode, you're already going to be, you know, just reading that, getting ready to be angry and leave me a bunch of hate comments, but just kind of listen to the point of that show before you start getting off on a tangent and just deciding, Oh, screw this. All right. So 
the title is itself will be designed to provoke an emotion. Okay. So anyways, thank you so much for listening. Please leave me a rating and a review. Please share this. If you know of other people that will find this just as entertaining and helpful as you do. And I will be back again soon.